Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey, everyone. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, a couple people had talked about this, and I thought they thought they liked the idea. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to bring it to you guys. I'm sorry, I'm adjusting my new uh, thing here. All right. So um, one of the things I had done, so there's, there's a chat room. And if you ever want to go in the chat room on this, what you do is you um, you have to be on there when it's live, of course, because we can't time travel. But if you're, so if you're watching this later, it doesn't matter. But if you're watching this live, which many of you do, um, what you do is you go into the, to get to the chat room, go to the YouTube page for this. Um, you can do that by clicking on, in my blog, um, actually clicking on the thing itself where it says YouTube um, on the actual feed you're watching. And then you'll see on the right-hand side, if you have a Google account, which almost everybody has a Gmail account of some kind, you'll see a thing that pops up that says um, chat. And then you can pop that chat out and or, or you can watch, watch it right there and just chat there. We have a lot of good people there. We take, um, they, they help us out a lot too because, you know, many, many, uh, many minds are better than three or four, as we like to say. And uh, you can go in there. So one thing, something I want to do for the chat room specifically, and I wanted to find something cool to do for them. And I think what I'm going to do is, as you guys see behind me, I have all these jerseys. This represents about like one third of my jerseys, which I've been getting since I was, you know, knee high to a gopher um, every Christmas, right? So every, so I have, I have about maybe, twice as many as these or three times as many as these. So I've been, I'm going to change one out every day. All right. And put one in. So the idea is in the chat room, if you, whoever can be the first in the chat room to figure out which jerseys new back there. Um, now I want to give you a little warning because I did do this. I, my, my camera's a little bit wider right now. So right about gritty from gritty on over we're talking about today. Okay. So don't worry about these. You didn't see those in the last chat, last podcast I was in. So from gritty's head on over this way, all the way up back through here, all these um, and these, that's where you can actually, uh, if you can find the one that's new that wasn't there last time I was up, and I'll give you a point. And what we'll do at the end of each week, we'll have some kind of prize for you guys. It's the Atlanta Flames jersey. It's not. So I do have one thing to mention pre-show because I think it's pretty funny. Go ahead, go ahead, Russ. I caught wind of this the other day. You'll, you'll get a kick out of it. So I saw that Lou Graham is back doing some, some shows with Foreigner or doing Ooh. Foreigner songs. I know he did some shows with Foreigner. Now he's touring. And he's touring with John Payne, and they're doing Farner and Asia hits. Really? Ooh. And, okay. and this is like, why don't you just ask me to be a vocalist for X Band? Like, I don't understand the mix. Lou Graham, I used to love him back in the day. Fortunately, his voice is not fantastic right yeah, now. It's, it's gravel. It's terrible. It, it's gravelly. I mean, yes, they were probably overproduced in the studio, so it's hard for him to live up to it. But him doing Asia, like, I don't even know what to say. Like John Payne, what was he in Asia for an album? Yeah, he really wasn't. I mean, I was trying to he think. He wasn't right really now. a member of Asia, but he, he was on it for a few albums, probably. He was as much a member of Asia as Ray Wilson was a member of Genesis. Right. And so, like, this is one where I just I can't pay money for it. It's like eighth degrees of something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was, if it was like the uh, the we used to have a um, con free concert in the square in in Buffalo during the summers, if it was one of those shows and it was free and you could walk in and just listen to it for five All right, minutes. So I'm going to tell you about one of those. They had one of those shows at Cooper River Park, and Eck knows where that is. Oh it's yeah, in Jersey, and it was Pat Benatar. But this is probably like seven years ago. So we go, we're there, we're listening. She sounds really bad. Yeah. A guy walks up three songs into it and goes, when's Pat Benatar going on? I'm like, you're listening to her. 
<laughs> and and I felt bad because the band sounded great, right? Neil Girardi was still great. Now, three years ago, I saw Pat Benatar with like Rick Springfield. I was covering that show in Atlantic City. I want to say covering because I didn't pay for it, but it was a pretty good show. And Pat Benatar got her voice back. So I kind of wonder if she, she had maybe gotten an operation, no, or a cold or something. But that day it was bad, but she she could still rock. But it was just, it was funny because the guy had no idea he was listening to Pat Benatar. That's a shame. I mean, you know, Pat yeah. Benatar is such a legend too. Oh, yeah. One, one note, no, we can start. Um, a Apparently a, a person who does the Chiron on KDKA television in Pittsburgh has either been suspended or fired. And the reason being is he put on the, bottom of the, uh, on the uh, on the bottom of the screen when Tom Brady was doing his enter interview at the broke Super Bowl uh oh we're losing uh, Mike. Uh, Mike on the punchline breaking known out. oh Mike, can you hear me now yeah we, now we you went away for us though Tom Brady known cheater and <laughs> it's like and it's like okay you know what you may hate him great <laughs> don't don't bring that to your job because you know if you did and you got fired you deserve it it's stupid it's just stupid although he 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 did get suspended for it like it's not something that he made up i know but it has no point it has no place i don't know i mean you could argue that I, I would think it does. I mean, given all the talk the Rams have been doing already this week, hearkening back to the first Super Bowl yeah. they went together, I would think it has a pretty good place. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a fireable offense. They're, they're still honest. all over it, the Rams. They haven't given up on this thing at all. Listen to the comments from, from Warner and Falk and everybody else. Yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's a fireable offense, I'll be honest. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know either. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on. Um, to top, we get we did get Wolverine nine 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 got the jersey that changed in the chat room, which is um, uh, which is the so if you look at me, it's this Habs jersey which I put there. Um, and he he was funny. He got it because there's another Habs jersey here, and I really didn't even realize that. So I'm I, that's my mistake, but that's good. That was pretty good. So anyway, I had a team Canada white team Canada jersey there before. So so, so what you're saying is that you have an extra can an extra can of Febreze to relieve the stink in the room. <laughs> what I'm saying is I once played for a team that wore Canadians jerseys in a men's league, and that's this this one, up, this one up here actually has my name and number on the back of it, and this one is Guy Carbonos, I believe. So real good player. All right, there you have it. Okay, so let's um. Move on, and uh, yeah, it is tough to uh, Thomas Thomas brought up in the chat room too that he took vocal lessons for two and a half years. Um, when you have a colder flu, it's tough to sing. I toured for many years and um, was always amazed by our lead singer who really just could could fight through anything. Um, but it is harder to sing with a flu and a cold. There is stuff you can do to get through it. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There is a point you can't fight through. Like John Anderson literally yeah. lost his job, and yes, because he was getting older, had bronchitis or or pneumonia. And then when he got healthy, they wouldn't let him back in the band. But if you hear him now, he's unbelievable. But at that time, yeah, he couldn't do anything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and you know, uh, and I, 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 I mean, I, our singer used to have like you know one of those like, um, you know, you can either get like a tea yeah, the thing you put on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to get through. Of course, you know, and and then there's like the great, the greatest drug in the world is Sudafed or net, you know, oh yeah, Dayquil for that kind of stuff. Um, but the yeah. real Sudafed, not the over-the-counter, the back behind right. the right, the good the old su guy. the Sudafed that Nicholas Backstrom got banned from the Olympics for. Right, 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 right. There you go. Um, 
All right, so let's move on. Oh, the question, the other question is, the, what's, the jersey, what's this jersey right here next to the Carter Hart jersey? That is, someone had to get that right in the, in the chat room too. That is hard to tell what it is, but that is the Nashville Knights of the ECHL um, jersey. I wouldn't have gotten it, but it is hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, they, that also is very similar to another, there was another Knights in the AHL. That, was it the Atlanta Knights, I want to say? I think it was the Atlanta Knights back then before the Thrashers. That was the Tampa Tampa's Tampa's uh, farm system had these two Knights teams in them, one in the AHL, one in the ECHL, um, when Tampa first came in. And this one is from the um, ECHL. And I was in Nashville recording an album. This is before the Predators. And so when we were hockey people, and they knew we were hockey people, so they were like, oh, you know, we, have, we actually have a hockey team here. And I went to see the final game of the Nashville Predators hist in the history because they were they're taking the thing down. Little did I know that like shortly after that, they would be announced that they were actually going to bring an NHL team there. But they were they were ending the they were ending the team. So I got to, and in that game I got to see Ryan Sittler play um, for that. That's very exciting. I know oh, yeah, yeah, in, so against Flyers fans Nashville. are very excited to hear that too. Yeah, but the funny thing at the end. Yeah, I mean, championships upper deck cards I had there, Ross. From a, a symbol of a wasted first round pick. Thank you very much. Yes, you know they have the um of the uh the off their backs thing, and so they did that yes. kind of thing at the end of the game. And you know they basically gave out raffle tickets. You could buy them. It was for charity. So I bought yeah, ten yeah. raffle tickets, which and I actually won this this jersey yeah um, i was gonna say how much money did they give you to take that jersey that was fun i mean yeah it was it was i mean i love it because it's, it's still like, a real jersey it's matter. a funk team it's a real jersey it's number 19. Even if it, it said on jersey. jello i would wear it i guess and, it, and there's there were two <laughs> players on that team that and i just like this makes me crazy someone might know this out there if you that, know that's a collector's item russ yeah. yeah if anybody out there knows this this is really uh this is really a good one by the um, way I would, I would never i would never get a jersey with the name of jello on it because yeah. I never played in the league, so I have no business having my name on a jersey. There you go. Well, on the pred on the Predators, okay. Um, the on that on I mean on that team on the National Knights, there was two there were two players that were named exactly the same thing, and it was and it was a French name. It was like Pierre Andre Bellevue or whatever, and I can't remember what it was. One of them was a leading scorer in the ECHL, it was just tearing it up, and the other was like on the third line, but they were exactly the same three names, right? So I don't know what those names were, but I could someone out there does. If you're from well, Nashville, you all right. Know. So I'll give one more quick thing. One one year I was in Quebec and we went through and we were covering games and I went to the Fighting League and I'm in the locker room and there was a former flyer there and it was like Guillaume Lefay, somebody like that. He played mm -hmm. like a short time and I recognized him. He's like, "You recognize me?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." I looked on the roster. I saw it was you. I had to go say hello. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. It's really funny. Oh yeah, no. he was just on that team so he could go through um, medical school. So it was just extra money for him. That's happened to me a couple of times where you recognize somebody like that that's so obscure that they are so unbelievably thrilled to know yeah. that that a, that a reporter might actually recognize them in any way, yeah. shape, or form. That I've gotten a couple of jerseys that way. Like they've just said, "No, I, get, like, <laughs> I didn't get a jersey. I got to give you this." I'm like, you know, and sure. you know, normally, I mean, it's not really proper for us to take jerseys. From, I don't oh. take jerseys from players who are still playing. Um, anymore, you mean steal them when you're in a locker room? You no, 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 just, you know, it's, it's, it's just conflict of interest, you know. You don't want to be yeah. like, you, know, you don't want to befriend somebody. But after players leave, I've gotten some jerseys like that. This one up here, the Eric Lindros jersey, that, that that's a Maple Leafs Lindros jersey up there. That was after Eric retired. That's a classic. I got that from him, and then, um, almost as good as the stars Lindros, yeah, 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 yeah. The Dallas stars, that's even that's even crazier. All right, so let's move on. Um, let's get going with the show. Here we go. Okay, hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, January 30th. Three, no, it's not. Is it Tuesday? It's Wednesday. Damn it. 
I'm you sorry. were really close on all fronts, but then you really weren't close. You got the decade right. I got one wrong in a long time. You got the decade right. You got one wrong in a long time. You got the word day at the end of the. Oh, day. that's true. He was on a good streak. I was on a streak there. That's my longest streak by far since we started. So fix that <laughs> sign. It says no errors in X number of days. Take. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make one of those for the back. All right. Um. Here we go. Ready? Yes. That's great. I love that idea, Jim. Um. No days. Days since missed trade rumor. How about that? Put that back there. There you go. All right. Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, January 30th, 2019 AD. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Jan Levine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. Let's get right to it today because I'm going to have to leave at 145 to, to make some phone calls. And the, re the reason is that I've been chasing this Islanders thing today, and I've talked a lot about the Islanders. I've been blogging about the Islanders. So I've made a couple more sources about with the Islanders in the last. One of the things I've found that's kind of fun is when you actually are a beat writer, you know, you can make some friends, which I, as a, as a, just a hockey rumor guy, it's a lot harder. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you've done that. Um, so, yeah, so this I said is, making friends. That's oh, what making friends. Yeah, no, you do. <laughs> I've seen you out with all the, with all the gang. Um, all right. So, yeah, this, so I've made some sources now. And now remember, this is a Lou Lamorello team. So, Lou Lamorello hates any rumors, and it, there was a time at which he would actually claim, and I don't, I think this was just a claim, that he would claim that he would not do a trade if the rumor came out about it. That's, I used to hear that too. And that was, yeah, that was very common. And but I really felt like, you know, is, is that honestly something that he's going to do if if the if the trade if the trade something he likes, is he going to not do it because the rumor came out about it? I don't know. I would well, just. I, I can tell you in the time that he was with the Leafs, that. There was never a time that a trade that he made leaked beforehand, like the Fanuf deal or anything. I now, you know, I now, you never heard any yeah. inkling of the deal that he was going to make. There not, was one. Not. I do remember one when it was the first, right when you first got there, and it felt like it was like it may not have. Been, I can't remember what it was, but I do remember like and in, in, in Toronto, that's an unbelievable. It thing, wasn't. Right? A, it wasn't a trade. It might have been a signing, but it wasn't a trade. I mean, I I, I, I remember like the Matt Martin thing when they something signed. like came yeah, out like that Drager had or or somebody had, you know. And it's hard. I mean, you're like, talking about Toronto, which is like every rumor person lives there. Everybody knows what's going on, you know. So that's a real tough city, and they were probably thrilled when Lou left. To be honest, because it make, makes it makes life a lot easier for them. But Lou used to tell this to other GMs, and that's where you would that's where you would hear it mostly. Like if you were talking to somebody else, and they would say, "This is what's going on." But Lou told me that if this got out there, um, so that that's how you'd hear this, and it was kind of a so I would I would be stuck quite often without being able to talk about things like that. So I don't think that, but I, I at the end, and the more the more I've been involved, it's more. So now, if you bring up something and the Islanders don't do it, the fans are going to hate right. it. Right? Yeah, that's bring it, bring it up, here. bring it up, bring it up. Just, just so so here, I go. Like, here I go. So we can piss them off. It on, Dan Petra yeah, so, will come back and get pissed at us. Pissed at us. By saying what I did today, I have not yet broken the bounds. Okay, so what I said in the room in the in the on the on the blog today is that they are trying to do something very big, and they are close to doing something very big, and that it will get them a def defensive help and offensive help. Now, and the question is that's going on right now is the return for what they're going to will it tear apart the chemistry involved in what isn't really kind of a uniquely fused together chemistry situation there. You know, when you have a team that's going like this, that's doing better than anybody thought they could. Um, do you do this if you can get the right players? Well, so, I'll tell you what, I was posed that this morning on Sirius XM, and I think they have to be very careful because. A lot of what they could trade 
is pre-NHL talent two to three to four years away. Then they have a little bit to trade that's due to the NHL. And then they have even less to trade on the current roster unless you really do want to mess with the chemistry. And that's something where I would be very hesitant to do because I think we would all agree that it's just working for them. you got to be very careful now to to not upset that. And I just, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I would be very hesitant. I'm kind of with you. I mean, and I was, I was, I felt this way too last year about, you know, I mean, this year they are the Vegas Knights, you know, like the, the I, I mean, so far they are. I mean, that's who they are. Right. And the, last year with Vegas, you, they were, when they were going for Eric Carlson, I was really worried. Um, and I think, I think legitimately so, because I think that if you look at how long it took Carlson to jump into San Jose's yeah. situation, can you imagine if he came in at the trade deadline last year and they, they were trying, that could have really screwed that team up. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that, when I when I look at this, I'm kind of with you now. The other thing is, how often do certain kinds of players become available? And then you have to, and if if the Islanders thing is just, you know, Lou obviously has a timetable in his head for this team, and if if they're way ahead of that timetable, and he thinks, and in, and anyone will ever say it, but if he thinks we're just you know outperforming what we should be, um, but we can we can really improve our talent level by making this trade, really puts him in a spot, you know. Well, who does. I mean, the, the thing is, um, and we talked about this in the last week about the Islanders, that they may be one of those unique teams that will buy and sell at the same time. They're yeah, in the yeah. position where they've got, and Russ and I have talked about this, where they have two, I'd say, significant UFA forwards in Lee and Brock Nelson. And maybe one, they sign one of them, but maybe they're not close on the other one. And if you're not close – on the other one, and you see an opportunity to go out there and get a player who would be a significant upgrade, who is also a rental. It might be a situation where you know a team like Columbus with a guy like Panarin, who clearly, you know, since we had our last full webcast, uh, uh, made it aware through his agent Daniel Milstein that he's not going to sign uh, an a, a extension with Columbus through the end of the year. Yeah, which um, known all along. It was such an unbelievable. Like, right, but but it, I mean, there was there was talk that there might be a chance, and now there yeah. is no chance. And when y Yarmo Kekalainen came out yesterday and essentially said, "Well, it leaves us in a tough position." Well, no, it doesn't, Yarmo. If you can't get him signed, and you're a borderline playoff team, or you're in the playoffs, but you don't know what you're going to do, you have to move this guy. You no, see, it's, it's 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 a tough spot. This is the one. This is the one narrative that. We've all flip-flopped a million times this year. I now think Bobrovsky is the easiest guy to trade, and I think Panarin's the one you have to wait till the last possible second because you have to be able to get enough that you feel like you could still advance in the playoffs with the trade that you made, and it helps you for next year. If you don't accomplish those goals, you probably aren't trading them. But who are the guys on the Islanders, okay? Who are the guys that – well, like Brock Nelson, but he's not signed. So unless right, he right. were to be signed, they're not taking him. Neither is um, neither is Everly. Right. Yeah. They're not they, going to take a guy like that. Anders Lee, right? Who is obviously. I mean, we're talking about the UFAs now. So there's right. some UFAs. They have a they're lot. Of Everly, Lee, and Nelson are the three big UFAs that they have. Yeah. It would probably it would probably have to be a a multiplayer deal where one of those UFAs is included, and then it has a future aspect to it, like a first round pick. Right. Like one, if you do Everly, Beauvillier. A right. first and a prospect, they probably do it. 
Yeah, but right. what, what, is, what is Columbus getting Everly for? I mean, unless they really think they're going to sign him. This one to sort of plug him in instead of Panarin. Okay. Everly at his best should be a really good playoff player, right? Like that, that, that would, his, his history was, if you remember back. But he hasn't, been, he hasn't been good in three years. I know, but with Team Canada and the juniors, and we're on a long way back. Okay? No, but the, you can't think, you can't I, talk. I, no, he hasn't, he hasn't really been in many playoff situations. I mean, he was with Edmonton sure. all those years. I mean, the, the, Everly was a, was a, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ross. Everly was a good player, but when it got to the big games, he was a. I don't know. He was really known for being a clutch player, but I think that has gone adrift a bit. Yeah, that's seven, eight years ago. It's like that's it's ancient history. It's not it's not relevant anymore. But what 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 I what I think what I see here, if if it is Columbus and the Islanders, you know, if you're trading Panarin and in a deal where you're getting another rental in you in say Nelson, because I don't think they want to trade Lee. You know, then Nelson basically takes Panarin's spot, and he and he helps you in terms of filling the gap. And maybe you're just renting him because you were renting Panarin, but Panarin, but the but or own renting Panarin. But the thing is, is what you're getting is a first round pick and a prospect like a Wallstrom or a Del Cole or a right. Dobson or somebody of that nature um, to give you some future aspect to that deal. I mean, how is going to want a defenseman though? And that's the part of the Islanders that I don't know if they can afford to give one up. Cause I don't know if they can replace it. What is his, I think you know, Columbus would want a defenseman. Yeah, I do. Well, what they can give up a hard status. Do we know? Like, um, what's that? that? Panarin. As far Panarin, does Panarin have any say in this at all? Where he goes? No, he has no protection. No. All right. No. That, that's, that's really fascinating. Right. Because that, that is, I mean, that there's no question that it behooves Panarin to play in the playoffs, right? Like he, he's going to be a UFA. If he goes, to, if they trade him to a team, like say they traded him to the Rangers or somebody else, you know, who, who yeah, would sign him long-term, but might not be a playoff team. Well, then it wouldn't matter. They have all the money in the world like that. That I don't think there's an issue there. It, it yeah, but it, it's that. only if they're only if they know only if Panarin knows like he's going to get signed, like, you know, well, I, mean, I think if he if if the Rangers were to give up assets for him, which they're not, but if they were, Panarin yeah. probably wouldn't go UFA because they probably would give him the best offer that he would get. Yeah, yeah, yesterday I wrote, yeah, you're right. Yesterday I wrote the I wrote about the Panthers um, getting involved in this too, and I think they're a team to look out for in this whole thing because the Panthers do like to make ma relatively major plays for things. Um, and, and I don't think they could afford to. And Panarin is, of course, you know, was originally a hawk who came. I, I guess I, was he ever connected to talent, or was he after that? No, it was at, it was uh, Bowman. He can't. They can't afford to lose any assets. Act. They're yeah. You're a team on hanging in the balance as is. I mean, don't they have some pretty good prospects still that aren't? Yeah, but I mean, nothing that's that close that you're yeah. going to all of a sudden. The only way that it makes sense for Florida is if they trade an asset that they want to get rid of that they have under a long-term contract, like a Michael Matheson or somebody of that nature, to but clear that. To, to clear right to clear a salary to be able to sign a guy like Panarin. Otherwise, why would you waste lim you know what limited assets you have? for a rental when you can just sign him on July 1st. Yeah. You don't do that. I mean, Dale Talon is not stupid enough to do that. Now, if he's well, I just, yeah, go ahead. I mean, he's Here, not, you're not honestly, heck, Owen Tippett's a great prospect. Pepin Niemi is a great prospect. Dennis Senko is a great prospect. Then you've got some B's and then Borgstrom's already playing. You're not going to let, Bo you're not going to give up Borgstrom in this deal. So you're going to lose one of those three guys, and then you've just weakened your system for 
a possibility of making the playoffs. Like I couldn't do it. Yeah, right. no, so, you have, so to, you'd that, have to know it was extended. I mean, you have, it's the same kind of situation, right? You'd have to know that he's extended, and you'd have to know. I mean, and, do that though. What if and you then, can? Also, then, the other player then, in Florida is too is Bobrovsky, who makes some sense of Florida as well. So, like that's you know, and that as we look down, Luongo's not in a wheelchair. It doesn't. Yeah. At some point, Luongo's moving on, right? I mean, there's like you know. This yeah, but then he, he's I don't, if he if he still finishes out the season. He's coming back next year. He's probably right, not right. retiring. And what are you know, going to do, what what do with James Reimer and his almost $4 right. million dollar salary? Are you going to buy it out? About Luongo, okay, talking to people down there, there is, you know, I, I remember I talked to somebody down there really high up in the team and right before the season started. And I said, listen, I really like where you guys are. You know, so I'm picking you guys pretty high. I think that this is a good situation. And this is a player, this is a person who's on that team, okay? And he says to me, he's like, well, you know, if Luongo stays healthy, you know that, that yeah, in this. Well, okay, we know that. We all know that, but it's weird to like for a team to admit that. Outright. No, they know it. And it's that, reality. That, that when you get to that point where you're admitting that, you're getting to the point where you're frustrated by that if always existing. Well, they, see that—that's the whole reason why they signed Reimer in the first place. Right. He was going to be a one B because he'd been a starter in the in the past. Right. Who would play thirty to thirty-five games and lessen the workload right. on Luongo. There's only one problem. James Reimer is not a one B anymore. He's he's a backup, an overpaid backup who when play when they play they lose, and 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 they and Roberto Luongo is thirty nine years old and he can't carry that team on his back anymore. So I I mean I I, I buy the act that they might be interested in Bobrovsky, but. You've got to find a way to either make sure that Luongo is on LTIR for the next what three years remaining on his contract, or you trade or buy out Reimer. Otherwise, do, I'm telling you right now, Luongo is not the kind of guy that will do the LTIR thing. Right, and if he does retire, it's going to affect the Canucks. Right, right, exactly. right. No, that's all true. Um, I want to get Jan involved in this too, um, as well, because um, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. Here, but there was one other thought I had, and I forgot it. So I'll come back well, to let it. Let me bring again. this up with Jan real quick because yeah. um, you know we don't know how long we have them. Last night, while the Flyers got a really nice win and Anthony Stellaris looked great, the Rangers did something baffling that they should never do again. When I don't care that so much that you dressed seven defensemen. What I care about is when you shorten the bench and Buchnevich is is a player who's not in the lineup, and then you have Cody McLeod too. You basically have shortened yourself by two players. And, and it makes no sense. The game, Chris Kreider was about their only offense, maybe a little Nemestikov. They did get a lot of shots, but there weren't a lot of great ones. Kreider had the best shots. And and Howden was hurt. And Howden got hurt in the first period. Yeah, Howden got hurt. So that shortened it even more. And it just, it was brutal. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I know Rangers Twitter was up in arms over this. There's been a ton of columns written. I know Larry Brooks has written twice in the last three days on this one. And it's kind of clear that, Quinn is attempting to send the message and he's attempting to go with the, I'm assuming the hard love um, type of strategy associated with it. I mean, it happened with Alain Vigneault the last couple of years where he scratched Buknevich and that was a situation where the Rangers were attempting to win. So you can almost argue that, yeah, it makes sense. This is one where they're looking for rebuild. They're looking to grow. I understand sending a message and it's funny because a couple of weeks ago he had scored the two power play goals. There was a lot of talk that he would get moved up from the fourth line to the top six. He decided not to. It's it's hard to justify this kind of decision, especially where you're complaining about his five on five play. But meanwhile, he's got Cody McLeod on one side of him and a non-offensive guy as a center. And it's kind of hard for him to generate much offensively five on five. As you said yesterday, them putting Brendan Smith as the additional forward on that line, all of which got 
chewed up when Howden got hurt because it forced Hayes to move up and then and had a trickle down impact. It's a move that I just don't understand what what Quinn is aiming for. And I know a lot of people have written that you're ending up in a situation or, or broaching a situation where they're going to potentially end up giving him up in a deal way too soon, which is going to come back to haunt them. I mean, the comparison that I used years ago was to Alexei Kovalev. I mean, you remember Kovalev was the the guy who was always um, on the tip of every Rangers fan's tongue because he wasn't producing or the viewpoint he wasn't trying hard enough or the effort wasn't there. But Nevich has a ton of offensive talent. And um, he's outperforming VC and, and Zuccarello points and, per game. And, and honestly, and then Howden honestly hasn't played particularly the last 20. No, he went into a massive slump. Which is something I've said a lot, but he should have been scratched to give him time to rest because I think just the wear and tear of the season had got to him based upon coming to where he came from. So, yeah. uh, look, my viewpoint is, is is Buknevich needs to be in the lineup. He, I think he needs to earn his spot in the top six, but I could see them definitely placing him on the third line and giving him an opportunity there <laughs> and then moving up as, as, the, as the game warrants. But scratching him yesterday, especially with, Seeing what happened, a one nothing loss, seeing Howden get hurt, them going with 11 forwards, especially with Zuccarello out, made absolutely no sense right. at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I really do. Um, all right, I want to get into um, the uh, Muzzin deal for a second because I wasn't here yesterday to talk about that. Yep. Right. Do we have weird echoes? It's okay now. Is it okay? I still hear something. That's okay. Um, all right, so the Muzzin trade. Um, Oh man, sorry. I'm gonna move myself for a second. Some I hear a weird echo. Sorry, we're back. Okay, it's, it's gone. better now. Okay, it's I was still yeah, here. It's totally cleared up. Okay, that's fine. All right, so I've uh, I've I've gone out of my way. Uh, I'm going to tell you something now that we're gonna look for it. I'm going to tell you when when we when when this happens in the playoffs, Mike. You're going to immediately text me and you know or send me send me a, a cookie basket or something. Okay, because this is the bottom line. This is what Jake Muzzin does. He will at some point draw a bad penalty in, 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 for the other team. Like he will fake something that'll get a penalty, that'll get a power play for the Leafs. He is really good at that, and mm -hmm. I've seen him do this countless times. This is this is one of his specialties, which shows a lot of intelligence. Honestly, it's a, it's a good move. I mean, it's not like something. It makes me crazy because it's not it's not you know. No, but a guy that could draw penalties is valuable. Yeah, but he's really good at it, and that's something that's not really being mentioned a lot in this whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. There is a, you know, Muzzin is really he's a, he was a good playoff player, a very good playoff player for the Kings. Um, and one of the reasons, and and I, I still to this day, the member, if you recall the the big um, Kings coming from three down, not three down zero against the Sharks series. Yeah, there were two instances in games where the Kings won to, to, to win those four in a row that were directly linked to Muzzin doing this. Okay. That he and so this is something that I just I just think it's gonna be interesting to see how he's you know and it's something that if you're a, if you're an opponent of his you, know, you have to be aware of like if you're the Bruins or the Canadians or wherever they play right well I, I can tell I can tell you right now that it 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 sounds like for, first of all and I mentioned this just briefly yesterday this deal satisfied both the analytics group Dubis and Babcock he played for Babcock at the World Cup of Hockey. Um, he's a, he's a big, big defenseman who uses his body. Who's good at, at breaking the cycle in the defensive zone. So he satisfies, satisfies Babcock. Dubis knows him from Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, and apparently he's one of the better analytics, uh, uh, you know, possession defensemen in the league. Now, some people, some people think that that's because he played with Dowdy, but I, I'm just telling you that's, that's, we'll find out. Yeah, we don't know. 
Right, but it's but it sounds like he satisfied. He was somebody that everybody agreed would be an upgrade. Now, the one thing that we we know about right now is that he's a left shot defenseman, and he's probably going to play with Morgan Riley. And some people think I know Dave Poulin said on uh, one of the Toronto radio shows that they may move Riley to the right side, who played the right side before. Um, early in his career when he played with Fanuf and have Muzzin play the left side, which is his natural position. If that's the case, and and by the way, Daryl Sutter came out, his old coach, and said, I never played him one shift on the right side. So Never once, yeah. came off the farm to say that. Wow. I know, yeah. he really did. He really he came out and he was like, he has never well, played. Oh, here's the one thing that really annoyed me, though. The one thing that really annoyed me, and it wasn't Mike, but it, there were so many media members – this time it wasn't Mike. There were so many media members in Toronto that just made it seem like, God, we just stole this trade, didn't we? And and apparently, even with Michael Fuda going on the uh, the midday show on NHL, you know, network, he what is it, Hockey Central Radio? Hockey Central. Uh, yeah, he he knows what he got. He yeah. got good value. He got a guy in Sean Dursey that is an overager and he's not far from the NHL. He got Carl Grumstrom, who might see NHL action this year and definitely will see it next year. Yep. He knows what he got. He knows what he could do with the first round pick. They might be able to couple those two picks and get an even better pick. He, But yet I saw this narrative like, oh, yeah, this is like a slam dunk steal for the Leafs because they got a name. And just because you're a name today, it doesn't mean in two years – the Rangers made a similar trade with Keith Yandel, and it didn't get him anywhere. It's well, not a guarantee of anything for the Leafs, other than it's what they need now, and you have to see if it works. Yeah, and, and I'm, you know, I, you know, I think you'd admit, Russ, that I, when I heard this deal, I said, okay, they gave up. I mean, I like Grunstrom a lot. I think he's a third line, you know, second, second to third line player. I think he's going to be a really good NHL player. So, you know, the Kings got a good return there. The first round pick will be in the twenties and Fuda is a very good talent evaluator. And yeah. you know, I don't know about Dursey, but uh, you know, he's, he's offensively gifted and he's really improved over the last couple of years. So they got a good return, but I think what the Leafs did, and I kind of think you mentioned this in your in your in your blog is that they set the market rate. They did, they, yeah. And, and by setting the market rate, you know as well as I do that when the numbers decrease, the price is going to go up. So they just they may have killed the trade market actually because um because the first yeah the first a first round draft pick is something that no one wants to trade right and and the fact is that now if you have to trade a first round draft pick to get a defenseman like this and not just first round draft pick but some prospects as well, mm -hmm. like, I I think I think the Leafs gave up way too much. Um, oh, no, and and, and oh, you're and, and it's funny, Mike, because I really thought you know I thought it cost a lot, and I said you that. It cost I, a lot, I usually have different points here where, where I want I'm I'm I am all for a team going for it. Okay, I'm all for a team going, and it, it'll time will tell. Like if Muzzin gets you a couple of those things I'm talking about, and that manages to make the Kings like he's the reason they want a Stanley Cup that because right. they would not have gotten past the Sharks. If that happens, then they did not give up too much. But you know. I, as far as Muzzin's abilities go, I do think he's overrated. I do think he's had a lot of publicity because of where he's played um, in LA. He's gone on some, you know, long runs there. He's not. I don't see him much different than I've, I've said this before than like, um, you know, than, than certain players in the league who who maybe are like fifth or sixth on like on some teams. Do, do I do I do I think his reputation has been enhanced by playing with Drew Doughty? Sure. Yeah. Do I think he's overrated? 
slightly. Do I think he's Matt Carl? No, because Matt Carl played with Pronger, and everybody thought Matt Carl was the was the right. knees. So that no, you know, it's not like, Matt Carl. He's a good defenseman. I look. I, you, know, you know what I'm saying. You know the example I'm making here. Jake I mean, wasn't developed very well because the Kings happen to develop defensemen well. They do a really good job with it. Go right. ask Derek Forbert, who a lot of people made dead and buried and became a very decent defenseman. But here's the other thing. In BK Ups brought up in the chat room about Carolina. Now, yeah. Carolina was asking for Kapanen or Janssen simply because they had a younger player with more term to offer. So the Leafs went with the cheaper deal in their eyes because – they only got a guy for a year and a half rental. Like that's really what they're looking at. Well, that it's they were asking for Kapanen or Janssen in a deal for any of their defense, any of their right-hand shot defensemen, which included Justin Falk, who's under the same term as Muzzin. So it, you know, and but even Justin Falk, you can make the argument you'll get more offense out of him. You know, yeah, that. but that's that's not what they need, Russ. What they I needed know. is what Muzzin provided. I mean, they already have three offensive defensemen in Riley Gardner and Dermott. That you know, that you need the guy who will will knock somebody in front of the net or slam somebody against the boards. That's why I think Muzzin was a good fit. I mean, the only thing negative. About bottom is that he's a left-hand shot so here's, here's one more negative thing and i'm doing that brings up but then we move on because i know you guys talked about this before but the um and i'm not and i don't want to be negative because i am all four teams going for it not just because i like trades which i do obviously but i'm all four teams like i, I if they gave up a first round pick for cam talbot i would have been for it and now you guys would have thought that was ridiculous it all is right. ridiculous yes but, but it's on. not but anyway we won't get into that but anyway the um <laughs> so, we're not going to get to that but okay. But here's the thing about Muzzin, um, and I talked talk to my – I have a couple of really good sources in L.A. and about Muzzin's game and what it's become lately, you know, what it's been. And he was outstanding when the Kings played that system that they played where they won the Stanley Cup. Where huh. And that system, because he was very, very good at playing within a system. He's a very, very intelligent player, and, he, and he's very – and that intelligence goes to drawing penalties, all kinds of things. But he's also very good at playing, okay, this is – the, the, the thing about the Kings, when they were winning those Cups, was they were the best team, save like maybe the Devils back when they were winning all their Cups, at getting out of their own zone. Just like yeah. the, the ability, mm -hmm. quick outlets, the, there was always somebody on the boards. That person, who passed, it was a pass, the pass went to the defender, put it to the boards. That player had two outlets all the time. Everything was always set. The Kings came out of the zone. You couldn't forecheck them. You had to score off of rushes. It was hard. And Muzzin was a big part of that because he played within that system so well. Martinez mm -hmm. did the same thing. Um, Dowdy did the same thing. They all knew how, and even even other guys they had. Right. The problem is that that system has faded because you know, first of all, Sutter's not there anymore. So he was Sutter drove that system through like you know, no one's business. And as they have played more, you know, creatively without a system where they have to make their own plays and do their own things, look for their own outlets, Muzzin has struggled. He's going to a well, team. That's that, the thing, yeah. With a more up tempo offense here. Yeah. It's good. We're going to see this is going to tax Muzzin as far as his skating, and we'll see where it's at. Right. Well, it, 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 so, it's funny. It's funny that you say that, Act, because they, inter they interviewed Daryl Evans, who's, I think, a color commentator for yeah. the Kings um, on Toronto radio yesterday. And he said that Jake Muzzin has been their best defenseman this year, better than Dowdy in terms of how he's played. So yeah, I, if, I mean, they're, if, they're, if they're falling away from that system, yeah. the, and, you know, they, then. Yeah, time will tell, right? I mean, right. I mean, I mean and let's just say this. Drake Muzzin's probably going to be a top-pairing defenseman on the Leafs. He's probably not a top-pairing defenseman with most 10 NHL teams, but it's an upgrade on what the Leafs had. And the, th and the thing that we also – and this is be good news for us, Zach. The Leafs are not done. They're, no, not, they're not done. done. Training. 
They've got $4 million in cap space. They still have not put Nathan Horton's contract on LTIR, so they actually have around $9 million in cap space. They, I think they need another depth defenseman, and I think they're looking for a fourth-line center because Freddie Gauthier simply can't cut it. So I, I, we're gonna, we're, the Leafs will still be in the mix for some rentals, I, I would think, or maybe moving a body out and moving a body in um, salary for salary. But I think they, when I saw Muzzin live recent, not that long ago, I thought he still looked good. He could still play the position, but there is going to be an adjustment for sure because now this, you know, this past year and a half, the Kings have started to quicken up their pace. They yep. just didn't have the players to do it. Now he's going to have to do that all the time with the leaps, with the pressure, there might be an adjustment period. Sure. And that's why they make the deal a month before the deadline. So you yeah. can't adjust. No, it's 149. So if you have I know, to go, I have to go. I just, I will answer my last question here. Um, that some, we, Jan had talked about beforehand, which was, um, do I think Gossip Spear could be moved? Um, and he's definitely hurt now. He's not, he's, he's, he's no, not. no, he got hurt in pregame. I just spend more in general. Cause he's right. Right. I mean, the, the, definitely. There's no question about that. Um, there, yeah, I, I think it could be, but not until they figure out Provorov because the Provorov thing is bigger than people realize. It's it's not going to be easy, um, and I, I can't get into too much about it beyond that. But it's it's Provorov is not going to be an easy signing, and it's going to be, and, and as long as that's hanging in the balance, you need one of them. Right. You know? So if there is a chance that they can, that they feel yeah, like they yeah. know that that they may not be able to get him signed to the long term deal they want over the summer. They're probably not trading Gossespierre. Right, you're not going to move Gossespierre. If you if you if you extended Provorov tomorrow, yeah, Gossespierre would probably be on the market. So, so do you think that uh, do you think Russ that this is sort of like a Truba situation where you know he signs a two year bridge instead of the long term? Yeah, and then it's it possible. It is possible, and it may be simply because he wants to play better to get more money to be yeah. one. All right, it's going to be really. It's going to be really. It's it's going to be a story we're going to be talking about. A ton, so I won't get in the pro rough thing now. All yeah, right, guys, all thank right. you so well, much. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Ak. We'll, um, to we'll, we'll we had three games in the, in, in the league, and we'll take some questions in the chat to finish off the show. Just just one thing, you know. Other than you know, Russ, we were talking about the Flyers and how they keep winning, and how I think I mean that might be a little bit counterproductive when it comes to what they what they should be doing instead of what they're probably going to do, but. Now what are they like? They won like five of their last six or something, something like that, isn't it? Like that, that kind of win streak for them. Well, I mean, they're facing everybody's backup goalie. We have to be realistic about that. They are playing better. They have more jump. They have more confidence. We'll see. Like the Boston game will be a really good test for them. But the biggest thing they have to figure out is what they have in Anthony Stellaris. And you know, we've talked about this. If they play Carter Hart, the lion's share of games, they're still not going to know at the end of the season what Stellaris could be for next year because if they want to go with Hart and Stellaris, that might be okay. But you won't know that unless you play them a lot before the, the deadline because, again, I'm still a big proponent where the Flyers should look at Cam Talbot unless Stellaris has figured it out. If Stellaris has figured out at the age of 25, which is possible now that he's finally healthy, you know, he looks as good as he did two years ago. So – you have to see because that could save an awful lot of money in net and could put them as you know a big free agent buyer instead in the summer. So I don't know, but that's to me that's where they're at. These wins are just you know they get a little closer. They still got five teams to jump. You can't even worry about that. Now, Jan, do you think on the opposite side with the Rangers, 
you know, we, we know Hayes and Zuccarello are going to be in the mix in terms of trades. And we know the Rangers are are going to sell those players. I mean, I don't think there's any diet because, you know, they, they may love Hayes and they may want to re-sign him, but why wouldn't you trade him and get and reap the, the rewards of getting a couple prospects or draft picks or whatever you can get for him and then just re-sign him in the summer? But do you think that they they are as proactive as, say, Toronto was in, in moving those guys out as – LA was for moving Muzzin out, or do you think they're going to wait till closer to the deadline? I mean, it should be proactive, I think, especially on the Zuccarello. <clears throat> but again, I think part of it's going to depend on him coming back from the mild foot infection he's gotten, just making sure he's healthy. But I, I would be proactive on him. I mean, Adam McQuaid has now hit the 25 game marks. So the Rangers have to give Boston a seventh rounder, which was conditional in the trade this summer. So they're going to be very proactive in terms of moving McQuaid. I think Hayes is the one that's probably going to go right down to the deadline because. Look, I, you know my view, and I know there's a lot of viewpoints of them not people not wanting him dealt, partly because of his play, partly because of what they think the future is going to hold with him. And I know, you know, Russ may have a different view. I also do think they will be looking on other guys. I think, you know, people have mentioned Chris Kreider. I'm not one of those who wants Kreider moved. I personally think he's going to be the future captain of this team. Yeah, he's I don't think very well. If they if they move Kreider, they they might as well just scrap the plan they have right now because it will take them a while to replace a guy like that. I agree. Um, so, but I have heard whispers and rumors of, of him being not available, but people saying that they should be proactive in moving in. And look, I think that's almost anything is on the table right now, but I also think they need to be smart in terms of how they do it. So, so Zook is one I would be targeting moving immediately. McQuaid is one I would be moving immediately. I think the Hayes one, unless they get blown away by an offer, which I they could, one, and it could be, I think they're going to play at the market. I think a lot of that may depend on what happens with Duchesne and Stone. In terms of their availability, because if Duchesne definitely resigns in Ottawa, that takes a major piece off the marketplace and ups Hayes' value in terms of the yeah, trade. If you could get a real first for Kevin Hayes, I'm trading it. I don't care. And somebody else, I'm trading it. I don't care if he's coming back or not. Yeah. I'll worry about that in July. And I, you know, honestly, I can the, the the team that makes the most sense if they, you know, and right now they're in, I think they're in a wild card spot. The team that makes makes the most sense because they have an extra first is Colorado. If they get Colorado's first for for Hayes, they've got Ottawa's pick, well, and it doesn't hurt. Them I can at see all. Winnipeg having interest though, and in, in Hayes sure. or Zuccarello. Like sure. Mike and Ross, I mean, you guys saw. Take a look at the blog I posted with the trade potentials, and you see everyone that came up like that. All the Colorado guys are going, oh, you're insane. Hayes is, Hayes is not that good. He hasn't scored X. I'm like, do me a favor. Look beyond the numbers and look at some of the other stuff that he does. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's not playing with the best players either. Martin Kaut would be too much, then you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, I mean, look, they're not going to trade your Martin Kaut either. But the idea is when you're looking at these players, like even looking at Kreider, you have to imagine Kreider with like Panarin. You can't imagine Kreider with who he's playing with now right. because if you – get him with another legit speed guy, which really they don't have in the lineup, that would be something special because then you've got a power and speed guy with another speed guy. That would be huge. That's something where I would want to see where that can go. Hayes, same thing. I mean, look, for all the ripping I do of him with his hockey IQ, it's not like he's playing with the best players right now either. Right. right. Now, we'll just touch on one of the other games, and then we'll take some questions. Um, I watched a lot of the Winnipeg-Boston game, Russ, and and this is the thing. From from the Toronto's perspective, looking at Boston, Boston stayed toe-to-toe -to -toe with a bigger, tougher team like like Winnipeg. It ended up being a 4-3 uh, shootout victory for the, for the Jets. There were a bunch of fights in that game, including Trent Frederick fighting with, um, I don't know if it was Brendan Lemieux or, or – uh, Oh, that was Tanner. 
It, it was, was Tatum. It was, it was Brandon Tatum. Tatum and his parents and, were watching the fight. The fight. Yeah, it is. Right. It is right, and they they missed the high five. It's, but uh, it, but it was his first NHL game, and I was impressed with Frederick. And well, let's and, talk. Hold it there, and let's talk about that for a second because at that draft, there was a lot of bemoaning from the Bruins fans that they felt like they drafted Trent Frederick too early. And I remember talking about it live on Sirius and later on on Twitter and other outlets that this kid is a player. You're yeah. not looking at this kid like he's a top line player. You're looking at him like he's a really good all-around hockey player right, who has right. size and is smart and can skate and can get you some points, and you saw some of his abilities yesterday. That's why they won't trade him. This right. is another reason why Boston has coveted him. But what they're what they're doing right now is a month before the deadline, they're giving him a look and seeing if he can fit in as the third-line center, and, and, and if he can't, then they go out and trade for one. And right. if they can, then they maybe trade for a winger. They're they're, they're looking for forward help, and they've and like yeah. we talked about a few a few sh uh, a few shows ago. You know they've got assets to move. I just have to say one other thing. I love Jack Edwards. I love his play by play. He's very emotional. He's, he's really good. Yeah. Um, Dmitri, it's Dmitri Kulikov, not Kulikov, as he calls him, <laughs> and it's Jack Roslovic, not Roslovic. Yeah, yeah. Let and, me ask you this. Was Forbeka Carlson in the lineup or no? No, he got sent down to Poprovich. He did, right? Yeah, I have a feeling he was overhyped. I do. I don't know if they're ever going to find the right role for, for him. Maybe it was because his initials were JFK. Um, okay, um, let's go to the uh, let's go to the chat uh, for some questions. Uh, Jan, if you you know, as soon as you have to drop off, go ahead. But uh, we have got a couple minutes here. Uh, first question was if we'd have a show today. Clearly, we answered that. So. <laughs> yeah, the answer. Moving Unless on. this is a mirage. Uh, yeah. Mike from Buffalo. Is there snow in Buffalo? Yes, there ah. is. All right. Vepsis is asking if and when Panarin gets moved, would Zuccarello make sense for Columbus to go after to make up for the loss of Panarin would leave out of the lineup? I don't think so, Vepsis. What do you think, Jam? I mean, again, I mean, Zuccarello is a, I wouldn't say poor substitution, but he's definitely not the same kind. I mean, his game has regressed a little bit. I mean, he'd still be playing with all talented offensive guys there. Uh, I mean, I could see them going after him in free agency. Maybe if they can get him on a cheap deal, wouldn't be a yeah. bad replacement. That might be the move they may go because I just we talked about us. I don't think the Rangers are going to go after Panera now and give up assets no, no to way. get him because it doesn't make sense given the position they're at. Unless they're so desperate and so concerned that somebody else is going to sign him in free agency and they figure getting him in now and maybe signing him early is the route to go. I just don't foresee them going that way. It makes sense for the Islanders because they're in it. It makes sense for teams like, I mean, if if Tampa could somehow f fit his salary under their cap, you know, move out somebody. It doesn't make sense for the Rangers. The Rangers are going to sit there and wait until July 1st and get him for nothing. You don't waste assets to well, get a rental. All right, here's a good question. They're for going to potentially get him for nothing. I mean, nothing potentially, is – Potentially. all the rumors, it's not a done deal. No, of course all not. Right. Here's a good question from Jonas. Since the Han isn't working out in Carolina – would they be interested in a Gardner for Hamilton swap with the Leafs adding in a forward like Janssen? I don't think so. Nope. And right now, DeHaan, I think, will eventually work out. I just think a lot of things in Carolina aren't working out. And to be honest, we've got to see what Rod Brindamore is first before before you start trading players that you just signed. Like It's going to take Brindamore a while to figure out what he is as a coach. I mean, I look at the Leaf situation when it comes to Gardner. Like you add 
Muzzin, so you improve your top four. If you trade Gardner in any scenario, whether it's uh, trading him for, I mean, he's a rental. So if you trade him to another competing team, another, uh, like say, Western Conference team that's competing for a playoff spot, you're probably going to get the rental package of a first and a prospect. If you can flip that to another team for another defenseman, then you might do it. But the Leafs aren't going to up, you know, create an upheaval by trading a guy who's been with them since I think 2011 and is very popular in the room. If I think Leaf fans have to face it, he's an own rental. They're not going to move him. Um, even if they if if they're going to go out and trade for like a, a top pairing guy like a Petrangelo if he becomes available, the guys that are going to go in that deal are guys named Kapanen or Nylander or Liljegren. It's not going to be Gardner. Gardner is going to be there for the rest of this year, and then he probably leaves via free agency. Anthony asks, asks a good question, something I also answered this morning. If the Flyers go on a series run, does that change Fletcher's plans at all? No, because I think if you look at the core that they've had in place for a while – they've had these streaks where they win a lot and they lose a lot. Right. And in the end, it doesn't do them any good. I don't know if they can really move a core piece at the deadline now because we talked about Gossip Spears' injury and Voracek's contract. But Voracek could possibly get traded at the draft or in the summer. And, and I could see that happening to break up the core because clearly this, you know, you're not going to trade Claude Giroux, but clearly the, the core has to be changed Otherwise, you might keep getting these similar results. And you're not going to trade Couturier because he's a great no. value and he's a really good player. Now, he's one I, of their best players. I don't. Sorry, if I if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I don't care if I win 12 games in a row. I'm trading Wayne Simmons. Yeah, he's getting traded. I mean, and he is one of the core. So obviously, he's getting traded. But I think they might have to break it up more than that. We all know that Simmons is going. So I don't even count him as the core anymore. Maybe I should. I don't know. Okay. Um, Mike, no, not Mike. Steve James says, "I bet Mike would have a bru would be a bruising right-handed shot, D-man." I don't know. Mike would know that. I, don't know. I have a right-hand shot. I don't know about bruising. <laughs> I'm a shot blocker. <laughs> Mava, who earlier did the old test test on the chat room, I laughed at that. Um, said Adam McQuaid to the Leafs for a third-round pick. I would do that tomorrow. Mike would throw up his lunch, but I hope they do it. No, I, I don't think the Leafs would do it. I really don't because yeah. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong here. I doubt, I always have doubts about players who are going to face one of their old teams. And we know that the, the Leafs are probably going to play the Bruins. McQuaid toughing it up against his former team. I think it would be a tough, tough task for him to do. Honestly, I, I right now, and Leaf fans will, th will throw up at this prospect, but I think it's a more, a more reasonable and more acceptable option. I could see them trading a fourth or a fifth round pick to Dallas to reacquire Roman Polak. Yeah, I do too. Michael says Panarin to Nashville for Fiala, Fabro, and a conditional second based on re-signing. They're not going to throw Fabro in a deal for someone that might be a rental. There's no way. I think, you have, I, think, I, I think you have a better chance at like a Tolvanen than a Fiala. Yeah. Is Fiala's a, it would dangle out there more than well. I, I'm not saying Fiala. You think you think Fabro would be in that deal? I don't. No, think so. no, no, no. I'm saying oh. Tolvin instead of Fiala, and maybe maybe a first instead of a second. But I don't think they're going to give up. They're they're not giving up Fabro. Fabro no, is probably they they have to keep Fabro for one reason. If they can't re-sign Yossi, yeah, 
then yeah. they need somebody to step in. That when you know a lot of speculation is, well, they may trade Subban to create the room for Yossi, but then you need somebody to replace Subban. But Subban's got a TV show now. All right, every, anyhow. Um, let's see. Drew wants to know, is Reimer even a backup anymore? It does say that on his contract. Um, um, he's a backup, but Florida would have to eat half of his salary to yeah, make Yeah, they can't him, do that. And they can't do that. <laughs> Mava is asking if McAvoy's in play. He'll never be in play. No. Uh, Jeremy's asking, does Brock Nelson play center? Yes, he does. Yeah, I had somebody yelling and screaming at me that I had to block on Twitter because it says, I can't listen to anybody who says that Anders Lee is a center. Look at every listing. It has him listed as a center. I don't care yeah. if he can't, if he hasn't played it. He's listed as a center. And I've seen Nelson play center. Uh Let's see. It says here Muzzin has a good first pass. I did mention that on the show yesterday. Yeah. If you if you were if you were watching Vepsis, it's not shame on you. All twelve minutes. All twelve minutes. Hey, it was good content, man. That's all it I could say. Don't go for you know the length of well, never mind. Um, <laughs> let's see. Two more and we're done. I know. So what Drew wants to know, what's the price of a defenseman? What could Philly get for Simmons? If that was the price for a defenseman. Um, I still think they're looking for a conditional first and a roster player or prospect that's there that can play in the NHL now but hasn't because he's been blocked by the team just being too good. I think that's what they're looking for. Even though Muzzin's a defenseman, and we're talking like Furland and Simmons, who are power forwards, I do think what the Leafs gave up, and I don't think I don't think the Leafs gave up too much. I think that was the mar that was the market rate for a top four defenseman. But I think that affects what Carolina and Philadelphia will ask for Furland and Simmons. I think that the Flyers will ask for a first and a pro and a prospect, and maybe two prospects. And the same thing for Furland. Now, do I think that Furland or – I think Simmons is as good at forward as Muzzin is on defense. I, I Furland doesn't have as long of a resume. But I think that's what Carolina and what Philadelphia are going to get. They're going to get one, maybe a conditional one, but a one and a prospect, at least one prospect. All right, there's like three more real good ones. Okay. Sherwood Park Sports Talk wants to know. He goes, I know you may not follow the WHL, but what are your thoughts on Kootenai Ice moving to Winnipeg? I think it's great. Actually, from what I hear, it'll really help travel. I know Winnipeg's been looking to get a team for a while. I think it's terrific. I don't go to dub games. I do watch some. And so I, I think this is a, a really good thing. Actually, a very big deal for the league. I do. I think that'll uh, really help things. Jason so, yeah, says, I mean, sorry. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably going to play a lot of games against like Brandon and yeah. Don. You're like, yeah, yeah I, but it makes travel easier. Right. Um, Wayne Simmons to Toronto for Brocco and Marchment. I don't nope. think the Leafs would do that. Nope. I, I, I will, I will say right now, um, Jeremy Bro I, I thought that Brocco would probably be part of any deal for a defenseman. He has turned it on so much offensively and say, I think the last month, not only passing, but now scoring goals. He's up to 12 goals. He's leading the Marlies with 43 points. They, I think they recognize. I had a, I had a, I had a, a brief discussion with uh, somebody in Leaf management at training camp who was not completely aware. 
you know, because he, he had just joined Leaf Management, was not completely aware of how good Brocco was. And then he saw Brocco in tra some training camp games and was like, whoa. And I think they they recognize this guy has got a lot of talent and it's finally coming to the forefront at the AHL level. And if you look at his resume, he's won a World Junior, he's won a, a, a Memorial Cup, and he's won a Calder Cup. They yeah. and He's on his entry-level contract. If they have to move somebody for cap reasons, Nylander, then Brocco would be the guy to step in and it would be a very inexpensive replacement. And I'm not saying he's going to score as much as William Nylander, but I think he could pick up significant amount of, sl of slack. So I don't think they're moving Brocco. Last question. Thomas had a good one. He goes, who breaks in first, Mitchell Stevens or Taylor Reddish? I think it's Mitchell Stevens because of a couple of different reasons. I think trades may open up a center spot first. I think yeah. that's something where that's going to eventually happen. And then Radish, the same as Adam Ernie, you want it to be the right time because he's a bigger guy. And yeah. so I, you know, this is his first year in the AHL. I would rather him start in the AHL next year. If he rips it up then, because he's doing well, he has 27 points. He rips it right. up then, fine. But if not, hold off. Although, I mean, if they trade Tyler Johnson in the offseason, then and they're one. The center of the spot that could open up. Yeah, yeah. but they're, but their one, two, three would be, I mean, if they, if they stick stamp, if they keep playing Stamkos at center, or if they play Stamkos at center, it's Stamkos, Point, and Sorelli. Do you want Mitchell Stevens being your fourth line center? No, but Sorelli can do it. Sorelli, yeah. Sorelli, Sorelli's more that guy. Yeah. So but, I think, I, mean, I still think it's okay to do. It's a nice problem to have. And depending, depending on what they do to open up salary, if they trade a Kalorn or Palat, that increases the possibility of Radish being a guy that gets gets brought up from Syracuse. If not, if they go, if they trade Johnson and his five million dollars salary, then it increases the possibility of Stevens. I just got a snow squall warning. I don't know what that is, but we're not even supposed to have snow here today. Wow. Maybe it's from Northern Jersey and it just does all the New Jersey. I don't know. Okay. Is Maroon Five available? Well, clearly, no. It's uh, Maroon available. If Maroon Five were available, I would trade it. I'm just letting you know that now. Yeah. Trade, it by, trade it by halftime of the Super Bowl. Before okay. then. Yes, before then, please. Silence them. Okay, good show. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For Ackland, for Jan Levine, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.